Welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Hey guys, Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Thanks so much for watching. Guys, I have one of my former coaching clients, a man who really is tearing it up. He went from being an agent to pivoting, now a builder, developer. He does some wholesale, some big ones in the seven-figure range. So ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We're going to watch Greg Faricelli coming from Tennessee and Florida, two separate markets, totally killing it. Guys, if you like what you're watching, smash the subscribe button. Let's be friends, follow each other, whatever, and let's go. Enjoy the show. Hey, Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on the show. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It is great to see you. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad we finally got to connect and I'm looking forward to chatting with you as always. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, likewise. It's been a while. I know your journey. Yeah. I was coaching you for a while as well. Yeah. And so catch us up to speed. But before we do that, take us back because you were a realtor and then you made that major pivot and transition into investor, builder, developer, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Tell us, like, take us through that transition. How did it happen? When did it happen? What made you pivot, like, entirely? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, it's probably a loaded question, but I'll start back with, you know, I'm in just about to hit my seventh year real estate. So, like, everybody else, you know, you got your real estate license. You don't really know what you're doing with it. I kind of always wanted to do some type of investing, but I didn't even know what that meant. I just thought it was cool, you know. So, I got my license, and I started doing, you know, some deals, and for the first two years, you know, probably did maybe um, maybe a little less than 100 deals or something like that. And that's when I kind of, so I live, you know, very conservatively and I just saved all my money and I became, you know, bankable because when you first become a realtor, you have 1099. Well, you've got to have two years of income before you can do anything anyway. So year one and two for any realtors is just stack cash, stack cash, stack cash, stack cash, pay taxes, pay taxes, pay taxes, you know, and then what you'll start doing is figuring out ways to start, you know, turning money into different things, more or less. So, yeah, and I'm a broker also still. So I still have, you know, do traditional real estate with listings. I, I don't have a team. Um, slowly, I started investing with people that I knew, like my clients, basically, you know, what are you doing? Oh, do you need some money? You know, a lot of times we do smaller deals. Like I would just invest into like, I would like maybe buy the dirt, you know, or just like a small portion of it. So, I, you know, I wasn't really maybe taking it down again, the equity, but I was getting money on my money, you know, for a little bit there. And, you know, that was like kind of a couple extra commission checks per few deals, you know, it was kind of nice and it kind of like take that money. And then once I started getting bankable, uh, the first thing I did was I bought my primary residence, which I think I think is always should be your first purchase as a period. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for pointing that out. Then when you became bankable, you know, you started doing fix and flips and, and what have you. Uh, I caught a little bit there and I know you pretty well enough to ask some of these questions. So Please. Building that resume, building up that credibility for somebody who's totally new to the game. I love the fact that you said, okay, you're going to be a realtor, stash that money and pay taxes. That was a big nugget. And then how, if somebody's a realtor looking to transition into being a developer, 
uh, multifamily investor, something like that. How do they build that resume up? So here's what's interesting. So I, just so you know, I'm in one market in Nashville and I've always worked there, built my crew there. And I'm also in a secondary market here in Florida where I know nobody, I'm not licensed. So it's crazy because here I can't get anybody to answer the phone. I can't get, I can't get any quick answers. I don't have anybody that really works with me. Now, Nashville, it was way easier because I just pretty much used the lenders that my clients were already using and having successful transactions with. And, you know, just saying, hey, let me just give you my, you know, here's my 1099s, like how much could, you, you know, or using non-institutionalized, well, you use like hard money and stuff like that, where they don't really care that much. And that could help too, if you want to pay that much for the money. I mean, that's a great way to get started. I know a lot of people, you know, doing hard money and just getting a lot of high income off of flips or some type of value add um, is definitely beneficial in getting that capital. You got to get, you've got to raise your capital and your working capital to run your business. So you're, you may not be investing in like deals you're going to hold for 30 years. You just be trying to make short-term gains to get enough where it makes sense to leverage. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, you also did some wholesaling and you still do, I think today, Absolutely. I think you, you landed a big one in the seven figure yeah. <laughs> range yeah. recently. Tell us about that. Well, so I, let's kind of break that up a little bit. So when you say like, yeah, I'm doing wholesaling. Yeah, I use wholesaling as kind of like a real estate transaction. Like that's income, like a, a listing. It's just, you know, straight up income. You know, we get a property, we sign it really quick. It's usually a single family home or it could be, you know, maybe a piece of land or something small that you can kind of flip quick for a small profit, right? Um, what we're doing is we're taking, so what wholesaling really is like wholesaling doesn't even really exist. Wholesale just really means off market because what you're actually logistically doing is you're assigning a contract, right? You're assigning the con your rights to somebody else. And that could be done a million different ways, but that's one way where you just take them, you quick and flip. Or what we're doing is we're taking these, you know, long-term contracts and we're assigning them to end buyers who take over our due diligence over, you know, could be up to a year. And we're doing larger value ads over longer periods of time. So it's done on an assignment, but wholesale doesn't really exist. It's just an arbitrary word. We're, we're assigning our rights to a property of our contract, which connects to the property to give to somebody else so they can take the property and do whatever they want with it. So we build ours based on what we believe our buyer's criteria is, more or less. That's so awesome. Very strategically done. How about that big one? I think you landed a really big one recently. That was a pretty nice fee. Well, just so, well, we have multiple ones, right? You know, so just to like, I don't know if you want to edit this out, but you know, a lot of these, we're not making any, we're not really pulling deals together that we can't make, you know, seven figures on. We, I mean, we need to make a million at least per deal because A, they're out there. They're really difficult. I mean, we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars per deal to, be able to add the value to make it worth, you know, a good price per pad for a builder to take down. You know, so um, for instance, there's one situation where we, you know, we had a, a price on a property, we had a contract and we just did a, a straight assignment to the buyer, which, you know, a lot of times if they like our, our contract with the seller, we can just assign it to them. And it's much cleaner just to assign it for a fee because at the end of the day, that's just a closing cost on your, um, on your contract. And what that does is it relieves the parties to be able to get the title the way they want to. 
because not just like you get clear title, there's a lot of title work that needs to go into it. So they need to make sure that when they get the property to build, it's, it's not just making sure the dirt is ready. It goes all the way through, you know, the title work and everything to make sure that it's, you know, all the encumbrances are also taken away so they could execute right away because they're paying to get it executed right away while we're doing the value add and we're putting our money in on the property and everything to be able to take it down. And sometimes we actually close on them and keep them, you know, with bank financing until our end buyer is able to close. Out of all the things you've done, you've done a lot in such a short period of time, which was the easiest, which was the hardest? So it's interesting you say that. I would say the, the hardest, so I, I say this to people all the time, they don't ever understand it. And I'm gonna, can I ask you this as a coach? What is the hardest way to make money in real estate? The hardest? The absolute most difficult for your time and effort and money you put into it. For most people, it would be the lead gen, finding leads. Sure. And at the end of the day, for most people, like that's true and that's in any business. But if you're looking at margins, it's being a real estate agent. I mean, you have a, you're looking, we're working with a 3% margin, which they consider a commission, which is a taxable fee, which is cool, right? You go after those type of areas and those, you know, those models and you, but you can also go after the same thing, same energy, same lead, same structure, same pitch almost, but just add another little element as you're the, you're the actual buyer, which a B make sure you are a buyer. You have money to close. Don't be that guy that just wholesales. You know, we close on stuff that we didn't intend to if our buyer doesn't, you know, we're always making sure we're making sure we're uh, performing for our sellers because we're doing it for them, you know. Um, I love I love you said that, Greg, because it's one of those things where, you know, one of my mentors a long time ago really opened up my eyes and kind of like slapped me around when he goes, hey, Joe, you got to stop working for tips. And when he said that, it really resonated because he was like, Joe, you know, you could make one and a half, two and a half, three percent, even six percent tips, the commission. Meanwhile, here I am as an investor, I'm making 10x that. Well, here's right. Here's the thing, too. As far as being a real when you're whenever you rely on sales for your business model, they're wonderful. And you can do a lot of things and make a lot of money. And it's great. But it's always has to that model isn't always going to be there. And you always have to hustle, which is great. Everybody in the world, yes, we all want to hustle. We all want to make hundreds of deals. But at the end of the day, you only have enough energy per day. So you could be that team leader for that amount of time or whatever and build that. But, you know, sales and money in the bank isn't really tangible. It's assets. Liquid ashes is not tangible assets. You want to take your money and put it into real estate. So let the money appreciate and do its thing. And you start transitioning out of the thousand deals a year for your team into, you know, maybe 200 amazing deals because you, you know, you take your list and what I do every year is I look at, okay, where are my deals come from? And I'll, I'll shave all the fat off the deals. Oh man, that one sucks. You know, that when I got, you know, that street, like that Facebook page of these three deals sucked. I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, these buyers, forget it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then I'm like, okay, the bees were amazing. Like this guy did four deals with me. What type of deal was that? Oh, land develop or build. Okay, cool. You know, like where are all the really good deals at? And these are people that know how you work. You're not, you're not, they're not emotionally attached. That's all about the numbers. They're 
for me, that's the better client. You know, I'm, you know, I, I'm a real estate agent, but I'm not great at my, the clients that I work with, I'm not handholding. Like it's, it's straight to the point where there's no drama. They, they already know that going in and that's the way these people work. So when I'm doing this investing, like those transactions go a lot smoother because these people understand and they want to be a part of what you're doing too. So they're really easier transactions to, to be able to, you know, bring in and, you know, close, you know, contract to close is easy. You know, I have an assistant that helps out with that. And, you know, it's really easy to do if you systematize it and you know, like where your highest and best use of your time is. That's the most important thing. You know, how much, yeah. what's your dollar per hour? What do you, you know, what do you value yourself as an hour? You know, a thousand dollars an hour. Are you doing $20? Are you doing your, your social media and you're wondering why I don't have enough deals? Well, for me, if I could be on the phone for four hours, I know I'm a thousand dollars an hour because I will talk to people that are coming into my pipeline that I need to execute, you know? That's awesome, Greg. Now you're in two really great markets, Florida and Tennessee originally. What did you like about either market and it attracted you as an investor? So I'm going to pivot and I'm going to say we have the Clarksville market and the Nashville market. So Clarksville is also in Tennessee. I'm in Florida now. And as much that I've done and that I know about investing coming into a new market, forget everything. Everything's different. The procedures, the way everything is done, the contracts, the title, the way the insurance, there's nothing the same. Like do my primary residence wore me out. And I was, didn't even, and end of the transaction, I didn't know about all these things I needed, you know? And when you're trying to get into investing and zoning and like, you know, with these higher level things, you, you know, it takes a year just to like kind of get your feet wet and make sure you're in the right areas and the right, you know, political environment for your council people, you know, how, whatever that model is, you know? So as far as what I like about Clarksville and Nashville, it's like, well, you know, Nashville is one of those low suppressed cap rate areas like California and Chicago where they're buying at two and one caps, you know, the hot top of market, you know, apartments going for a hundred million dollars in like the worst areas and stuff like that. Um, and then here in the, well, I'm sorry, Clarksville is, you know, way, I mean, I was buying at eight and 10 caps. So it's almost, and they're just better assets there, you know, and Nashville and Davidson, they don't have a lot of the, four plexes six plexes they just never really built them there's twos and there's threes and they're long and they're just the it's just different but there were just landscapes that just rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of multifamily. so you know i started going out there i'm like well this is obviously way better because obviously i i like multifamily, and it's a whole never conversation we get into you know leverage one loan on 10 properties indoors and just one single family you know that's a quick thing too is stop doing the things that are going to suck your time. Like for me, I don't do flips. You're not going to see me doing flips. I haven't done a flip in a while. I did one last year because it was a home run. Um, you're not going to see me doing um, buyers. You know, it just takes up too much time and energy, you know, unless they're in that model. I have one buyer now. They're wonderful. I don't have to call them every week. You know, they, I call them, I tell them what's up. We have a three minute conversation. We move on, you know, um, things like that are like even building houses i'm real selective now because of the material um the risk of material stuff like that for me as an investor if i'm doing two four six eight ten houses it's really not that many houses so i really have to be a little bit more cautious than 
people that are doing more. And then it's like, do I want to spend my time doing a development now? So I'm like, I bought myself a great job to do these 10 houses or is it even make more sense to, you know, how do you leverage your time? Well, for me, it's like, well, if I can do these million dollar assignments, I'm doing no risk, no material risk. And they're taking them on, they're taking our contracts and we're just, you know, putting in the money to get it done. You know, um, I'd rather do that. So it's like, highest use your time or your skill set what's your highest skill set well how could you do you know i'm great I'm, if i talk to 20 people a week i mean that's a lot compared to having to talk to 2000 a week if you look at the metrics you know it, it's a lot different when you're we're going after like 350 on this list 200 on this list you know we're and we make sure we know everybody every single one of them we've been there we've figured out all the best ways to get a hold of them and work our list really well but with a little bit because our time is like you know better than that getting rid of all the fat like the single families duplexes and all that kind of stuff and those are great wholesales in between if they come across but you know you don't want to spend too much time because it's just a lot of work a lot more labor that's awesome so are you getting a lot of these um wholesales here in florida or tennessee where are you getting most of them right now so the wholesales are, are all in Tennessee right now. I haven't really dug, dug my feet at all in Florida. I got my, you know, my second primary residence and I've, I've been here three months and I've just been really learning the market. I've looked at some multifamily. I can, so many investors from Nashville have come to visit me since I've been here. It's, I mean, every two weeks, somebody's here from there like, oh, you're down there. I'm going to come have lunch. And they come and we go drive around. And it's just that there's so many areas in a, 10 mile radius, for instance, and there's, they're all different. Everything is different. Every few blocks is different. So, you know, it's going back down to like trying to figure out your niche in your area. It's, it's not like, you know, Na Nashville's asset based. Like I want all the duplexes in Davidson County, for instance. I mean, can you do that here? Yes. But like some can't do short term. Some, you can only be 55 up some they there's, there's just restrictions everywhere. It's just so different. So, you know, I have to learn the niche before I learn that niche of the market yet. So right now I'm just learning the market on a broad scale, you know, by data and just talking to brokers and taking agents out to lunch, just like, you know, you should do to learn any market, you know? So I'm starting where I was seven years ago as a, as just a dude who just like, Hey, yeah, I'm an investor. They don't even know anything about me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I actually wrote like a resume of like the loans I have out, like my payment history, the outstandings, like here's my, how much I owe, here's the assets on them, here's who manages them, you know, here's my LTV. And like, I put all that together and the lenders and their phone numbers and like, feel free to reach out, you know, make yourself a, make yourself a resume for these, these lenders. Like, you know, I have my transactions I've done and like, you know, my tax returns, like all that kind of stuff that they you know, to show that you're serious about moving forward, even though you may not have any experience yet, even if you look good like that for a bank, you know, it's that's it's awesome, helpful. Greg. That's awesome. Now you mentor a lot of people, and you've taken them from where they were to where they are now, and very successful. If you were coaching somebody new, what would be your biggest golden nugget you would tell them to do right away? So the okay, I would say stay away from what everyone else is doing and go for the higher leveraged, whatever the asset class is. So, you know, instead of going in there and working on learning on single family homes, maybe start with commercial and figure out what commercial leases are about and like work the way, follow your way down from like, learn about the big apartments 
and then learn about, you know, learn about a duplex and you'll learn about an apartment. Like just learn that they're the same and go after the, the highest amount of equity properties that are out there instead of, it's the same amount of work. If you got a hundred apartments on your list or a hundred single family people that live in this, you know, I mean, if you really think about it, where are you gonna have your better conversations with the people that live in their house or the people that don't own these properties that probably have a lot of equity they should probably cash out on, I'm just saying. You know, these people make good decisions. You can have an educated conversation. And, you know, we're not using VAs because of that. You know, we're take, we're calling our highest equity lists and we're working, that's our job, ourselves. I call, you know, I have cold callers and I've used them, um, but it, the amount of time that people have said like, oh, well, you weren't the, that they've talked to us because we sound like a legit people and we can have a good conversation that we've actually converted is high enough to actually make that move to do it. And that's what shows your highest and best use of your time right there. It obviously works. Nice, nice, nice. How much time a day are you spending on uh, lead generating yourself? So really, if I have, I like to have, you know, one good hour a day, you know, one good hour where a, a dialer's dialer or I'm going through, you know, looking at stuff or that agent send me a look at deals and, you know, looking at deals is the same thing too as lead gen, you know, so stuff like that. So um, an hour of good, like outgoing, but always like, you know, poking around the tax record, you know, probably a good, I like to work on lead gen, maybe three to four hours a day of some sort, even if it's just looking through stuff and learning my area a little bit better and, you know, looking up to see who bought what and what they're doing and, you know, just really getting to know our list. That's our market is that list. So we need to know about every property on that list, calling every agent that has a property listed for lease, see if they want to sell, just like making sure you're, that's what I like to do is just exhaust my, the list. That's, you know. Nice. Any favorite systems, software apps that you like to use on a daily basis? Yeah, man. Um, I like to use Sideline for a phone number um, because A, you can change it anytime. It's like three bucks a month and doesn't really trace back, but it will show as verified. Um, you won't go into the spam filter because um, for what, I don't know why, it just doesn't, I've, I've tested it. And um, that's really good. I like to use Mojo for a dialer. It's pretty easy. Um, PropStream, I love to use PropStream. Um, you're an affiliate, I'm an affiliate. So if you, anybody needs PropStream, we can both get you hooked up. Just let us know. <laughs> um, replace your mortgage is another good one um, that we can talk about later, I forgot. Um, Podio, I mean, it's just simple you're using Podio or something like that. And, um, you know, cause you can zap from Mojo to Podio. I like to keep it simple. You know, smartphone is another good one that I like to use too because you can get different phone numbers, you know, like after I exhaust a list once or twice every for like a week or two, you know, I'll just dump that phone number and get a new phone number, you know. How about Asana? You were pretty into Asana before. I still use Asana as my task space for sure. Got yeah, it. Oh yeah. Got it. Any yeah. last words of wisdom for our audience, Greg? You don't have to work that hard. <laughs> you literally can work a very few powerful, powerful hours a day and make a million dollars a year. Love it. Love it, Greg. Well, great chatting with you. Great catching up with you. Best way to get a hold of you, Greg. Yeah, um, you find me on Instagram, Greg First. I mean, my name everywhere is because just search there's not very many Greg Ferricelli's so there's actually zero so I'm easy to find put my name in and you'll find everything you need to 
reach out, um, send me a text, give me a call, always available. You the man, Greg, we wish you well. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on Make It A Comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, Plex with a Plex, or Make It A Comeback. If you wanna get more tips, go ahead and go to joemendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Wanna add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.